Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week, we'll talk about real life issues that you're walking through and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host and teen life coach, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Ladies, it is time to take our podcast off our phones and into real life. I'm so excited to invite you to Uncommon Teen Live, our annual conference for Christian teen girls just like you, this October 6th and 7th. Right now, you can get the best price on your conference tickets, but this price won't stay this way for long. In just one month on August 5th, the prices will be going up. So go ahead and head on over to UncommonTeenLive.com and grab your tickets today. This week, we are on lie number five on our series, Overcoming the Lies of the Enemy. If you have not yet shared this podcast with your friends, go ahead and do it now. There are a lot of lies that have infiltrated the Christian church today. And a lot of us may be believing some of these lies and we don't even realize that they are actually lies that the enemy has been deceiving us with. Now, if this is you and there's something inside these podcast episodes that you have been believing, don't take offense to it. Just listen with an open heart, get inside the word and see what it is that God says about these topics. So this week I am going to be talking about in line number five, the law of attraction and mindfulness. Most of us have heard of the law of attraction and mindfulness because these are some really big buzzwords that we are hearing in the culture today. Okay, so the law of attraction. What is this? (laughs) So as I did an online search about the law of attraction, these are some of what I found as the definitions to what the law of attraction are. So it says, whether you focus on positive or negative thoughts, that's what you're going to see in your life. If bad things happen to you, it's because of your negative thoughts. If good things happen to you, it's because of your positive thoughts. Another one is getting rid of negative thoughts to make room for more positive thoughts. According to Very Well Mind, it says it's based on the belief that thoughts are a form of energy and that positive energy attracts success in all areas of our life. So these things, they don't really sound that bad. I mean, like the Bible does talk about how we need to renew our mind to the word of God and take our thoughts captive. So it it doesn't sound all that bad. Well, that's what's really crazy about a lot of the lies that the enemy deceives us with. Most of these lies have their roots in the truth. There's a a form of truth in every single one of these lies. Satan likes to take just enough truth to get us to believe. And then what he does is he twists it to get us deceived. The problem with the law of attraction is the law of attraction takes God out of the equation And basically, it says that our future and our fate is in our own hands. 
not God who has a purpose and a plan for our lives. No, we get to decide that purpose and plan for our lives. We get to decide it by the thoughts that we think. What that does, when we take God out of the equation of that, it will eventually lead us away from Jesus. A lot of times when you are hearing somebody talk about the law of attraction, they're saying words like the universe or positive energy. So these are some of the things that you say, I hear this all the time. Well, according to the universe, or I don't know, the universe, and like they change out the word God for universe because the universe is their God. And they actually see themselves as the creator instead of God. So what does this have to do with Christianity? Well, there are several different ways that this thought, the law of attraction, has really entered into churches. It's entered into Christian schools. And I will tell you, I used to be in an organization that was a huge Christian organization. And the laws of attraction were taught in there as if they were biblical truths. But after stepping down from the organization, my eyes were opened to some of the things that we were talking about and how they really were not biblical. One of the ways that this law of attraction can kind of enter into the Christian circles is through vision boards. Now, if you have been through any of my coaching programs, you know that I have a vision board and that I've actually taught you guys how to do vision boards. Now, I do believe that there is a type of vision board that is biblical. However, what most people see when they think of a vision board or when they go online and do a search of what a vision board is, that is not a biblical form of vision boards. Let me give you an example. So let's start with this. What is a vision board and what is the purpose of a vision board? So if you were to ask somebody who believed in the law of attraction, this is what they said. And this is from the website BetterUp. I don't know anything about this organization, so I will put it out there. But this is what they say a vision board is. Vision boards are a collection of images or objects arranged in a way to manifest your goals and your visions. So when I think of a new age vision board, this is actually the definition that I would say fits it to the T. So let's talk about this definition. So it says a collection of images or objects arranged in a way. This is the law of attraction. They are arranged in a certain way to help them think more positive thoughts so that they can attract success. This is a law of attraction thought process. And then it goes on to say, to manifest your goals or vision. So let's talk about that word manifest. This is something that I hear often. I mean, a lot. Talking about how we manifest our future or we manifest our goals and our visions like this talks about. But what does that word manifest actually mean? It means to create something in our lives that wasn't there before or to turn our thoughts into reality. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the creator (laughs) I'm pretty sure that job is left to God. He is our creator. He had a plan and a purpose before us before the world ever was even formed. How are we supposed to manifest our future when we don't have the plan that God has for our lives? I'll tell you what, if we think that we can manifest our future, we're going to end up in a place that is far from where God wants us to be. 
God is the only one who can manifest things. Now, I've heard this argument for many years from Christians, but what about Psalm 37 verse 4, where it says that God will give us the desires of our heart? And this is what a lot of Christians use when they create their vision boards. God says that he's going to give us the desires of our heart. Well, the desire of my heart is to have this vehicle and this mansion and millions and millions of dollars. And I want to live a life where I can just vacation anytime I want to. And if we think about it, it's all about us. Normally, it's not about making a difference in the lives of the people around us. Normally, it's our selfish desires. Now, I'm not saying that God will not provide for you an amazing car and an amazing house, and he won't provide for you vacations because God will. He is so good. However, our life is not revolving around those things. Our purpose and our calling are to make a difference for him to go out there and share the love of Jesus with those around us. And going back to that verse, Psalm 37, verse 4, where they would say, well, God gives us the desires of our heart. That's not even what that verse says. They're actually taking it out of context. So let's go back and read this in context. Psalm 37, we're going to start in verse 3, and we're going to go through verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Now, this is verse four, delight yourselves also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse five, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So in the beginning of verse four, we see it says, delight yourself in the Lord. That means as we grow in our relationship with God, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, we can't wait to spend time with him daily. We can't wait to get in the word. We're learning, we're growing as we delight ourselves in the Lord. He's going to start placing desires on the inside of us that we didn't have before. Those desires are desires that will lead us to our God-given calling and purpose. Those are God's desires on the inside of us. So when it says, delight yourselves in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart, we were created for a purpose. And so he's going to start placing those desires on the inside of us. And that's exactly what happened to me. When I gave my life to the Lord as a senior in high school, I didn't think that there was anything about me that anybody could ever use. And I remember giving my life to Jesus. I was on fire for God, growing in my walk with God. And these desires started popping up inside of me. You know, at first I didn't realize it, but as I was graduating from high school, I had the opportunity to work at a Christian camp. And so I was like, yeah, I would love to hang out with all of these teenagers. I would love to hang out with all these kids and just make a difference for the Lord. That was the beginning of the desires popping up on the inside of me. Then, as I was working at that summer camp, God placed on my heart that I was going to be working with teens. And as he placed this on my heart, that desire for teens really began to bubble up on the inside of me. And in 2004, I went into youth ministry. And I've been serving in youth ministry now for 19 years. I have the Uncommon Teen Podcast. I coach teen girls. All of these things began with a desire that God placed on my heart when I was 18 years old. I will tell you what, when God places a desire on your heart, it is the best place that you could ever be. Those desires, I'm telling you, I would not want to be anywhere else doing anything else. I love what I do. And those are the desires God places on your heart. When he places those on your heart, you are going to love what you do. You're not going to want to do anything else. God is so good and he loves you so much. 
But that's what he's talking about with that verse. He's not talking about anything that we desire in our selfish nature. He's saying his desires on the inside of us. Now, I told you, I do have a vision board, and I do believe that you can create a vision board that is absolutely biblical. I'm not going to go too much into it, but just real quick, I want to explain to you the difference between the vision board that I have versus the vision board that I was just explaining to you. The vision board that I have is based off of the verses in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, it says, I will take... It says, and this is Habakkuk talking to God, and he was actually complaining to God right before he writes this. And he says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower to look out to see what God will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. He was complaining, (laughs) but he's sitting there. He's like, okay, God, you said that you're going to come through for me. So I'm going to watch and see. I'm going to see, God, what do you want to say to me? So he's placing himself in a position where he can hear from God. And he's saying, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to hear from you, Lord. And then verse two, the Lord answered Habakkuk and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So basically what it's saying here is there are things that God tells us in the word that we can stand on. When God placed on my heart that I was going to be working with teens, that was something that I knew was from God. These are God-given visions. They're God-given plans and purposes and promises in his word. And so this is what is on my vision board. I have things like promises from the Bible that I'm speaking over my family, promises in the Bible that I'm speaking over youth ministry and you all, Promises in the Bible that I speak over healing, promises that I speak over my day and my purpose. This is what is on my vision board. And the promises that I speak are verses that I have pulled out of the word of God on every single one of these subjects. And so when I look at that vision board, it inspires me, it encourages me, and it motivates me to run in the direction that God has pointed me to. And so with that thought, we're going to transition to mindfulness. They are even incorporating mindfulness in schools today as young as kindergartners. I have a friend who is a PE teacher for an elementary school, and she has to do mindfulness in her PE class every day. This is so crazy to me. And so, you know, it sounds like it's a good thing, mindfulness. It sounds like, hey, we need to pay attention to our thoughts and we need to pay attention to all the things that are going on around us to be mindful of things. That's not what mindfulness actually means. Mindfulness is actually a Buddhist belief so that they can eventually escape reincarnation. That is not biblical. So it may sound good, but it is not God. (laughs) So mindfulness is this. Usually you're sitting down with your legs crossed on the floor with your eyes closed, and you are only thinking about breathing. You're trying to empty your mind of all of the things that are going on in your mind. (laughs) Now, there are times when we need to do like a brain dump, maybe we have so much going on in our mind that we need to clear our mind. And I like to do that every so often where I grab a piece of paper and I just write down all the things that come to my mind. And then I'll start organizing those thoughts. And if I need to schedule certain things, I'll schedule them. And it's just getting the mental clutter out, but I'm not emptying my mind by any means at all. The Bible doesn't say to empty your mind. 
It tells us to renew our mind to what God says. Yes, maybe if there is some negative thoughts going on inside our head, some lies that we've been believing and lies that we've been telling ourselves, we need to change those lies. We can't just get rid of them. We can't just tell them to go away because if we have not replaced them with something, those lies are going to come back and they're going to come back with a vengeance. So we have to, like Romans 12, 2 says, renew our mind to the word of God. So when we catch ourselves saying a lie, we need to say, no, this is what God's word says. I think that nobody likes me, that I'm not lovable, but God says that he accepts me just like I am. He chose me before the world began. He says that he loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me so that he can have a relationship with me. That's what God's word says. And so see the power behind that? We can't just say, okay, I'm not going to think about nobody loves me anymore. I'm going to try to get rid of that thought. We can't do that. If we just do that, that thought is going to continue to come back and come back and come back and it's never going to change. We have to change that thought by speaking God's word over our life. I want to read to you real quick some statistics on mindfulness that were really alarming. And so Dr. Willoughby Britton, who is an assistant professor of psychiatry and human behavior at Brown University Medical School, she is one who actually practices mindfulness herself. But she did a research study, and this is what she found. Adults who practiced mindfulness became detached from themselves. So like their minds would literally be detached from their bodies. They would experience dark, psychotic hallucinations. So seeing things that aren't there that are very dark and demonic. They would feel feelings of terror and would have compulsions to kill themselves. So they were actually losing their mind. And not only that, but did you know that Buddhists, they don't even have kids practice mindfulness because of this. So practicing mindfulness has actually been researched to cause very negative effects. And we have this going on in our public schools today. And actually not just public schools, a lot of churches practice mindfulness and a lot of Christian schools practice mindfulness. This is from the enemy. So now I know that some of you ladies listening may be in a school that practice mindfulness. What do you do if your school makes you practice mindfulness. You can talk to your teachers and tell them that you are not comfortable with practicing mindfulness, that it goes against your Christian beliefs. If you don't feel comfortable talking to your teacher, I encourage you, pray. Any verses that you've been speaking over your life and over yourself, start thinking those verses in your head. (laughs) But don't give in to the lie of mindfulness because it will not lead you to a good place. It reminds me of verses in Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, where it says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. So basically what this means is a person was delivered of demons, not saying that you had demons on the inside of you, but they were delivered of demons. And now their soul Another spirit has been cleansed. And so the demon goes out of them. He's trying to find another place where he can go. Then in verse 44, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. So the demon comes back. He finds the house empty. That is that mindfulness. And so what does he do? Verse 45 Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will be with this evil generation. Listen, this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. 
when we empty our mind and we have nothing to replace it with, we are allowing room for the enemy to come in. Did you hear those stats? Their minds become detached from themselves. They experience dark psychological hallucinations. They feel feelings of terror and compulsions to kill themselves. Does that not sound like these verses do? It's exactly what it leads to. So I encourage you, get rid of those negative thoughts. Get rid of the thoughts that go against God. Begin to speak God's word over ourselves. And that's how our lives are going to change. And that's how we are going to see the truth and become free in every area of our life. Make sure you're getting into your Bible every day. And if you miss a day, start over again the next day. But get into the word of God. It's so important. There's so many people out there trying to deceive us, trying to turn us away from God. And I don't want that for you, ladies. All right, repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, don't forget to sign up for, all right, ladies, don't forget to register for your uncommenting live tickets. And one more quick announcement, ladies, if you are not yet a part of our SOAR community, we would love to have you join us. If you would like to learn more about the SOAR community, all you need to do is go to the uncommenting app, click on the tab that says join our community and learn more there. All right, ladies, have an amazing week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know how incredibly loved by God that you really are. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, I would love to personally invite you to join us this July 19th and 20th for Uncommon Teen Live 2024. Woohoo! Being a teen girl today is tough. Being a Christian teen girl today is even more challenging. But God has given you everything you need to not just survive this crazy world, but to soar. At this year's conference, we're going to be talking about how to become free from anything that is holding you back from being all that it is that God has created you to be. And for those of you who have not been to Uncommon Teen Live before, you get to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything session. Ladies, throughout the whole conference, I have a box set up where you can ask your questions. And then on Saturday, the second day of the conference, we set aside a special session just to answer as many questions as we possibly can. And ladies, I would love to invite you to be a part of our live podcast recording at the conference venue itself. Ladies, last year we tried this and I don't know what happened, but the recording disappeared. This year it's not happening. We are going to record live and in person at Uncommenting Live and I would love for you all to be a part of this episode. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, head on over to Uncommenting Live, grab your tickets today. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to those of you who prayed for us about our venue. After a couple of venues fell through for Uncommenting Live, I knew that God was going to do something big. And he really was. He was working behind the scenes even when we didn't see it. We found a venue that is amazing. The owners are amazing. They love the heart behind Uncommon Teen. I'm so excited because there's something even better that I want to share with you, but I can't share with you yet. <laughs> so stay tuned because I've got some really awesome news about this conference 
that you're going to love. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for your prayers. Know that they are heard, that God listens to you, and I'm just excited. Continue to pray over this event. God is going to do something miraculous, and I am so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.